Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Hi, friends. My name is Brenda McCord. I'm so glad you've joined me for our podcast, Walk with God. This week, we'll start at the beginning, Genesis 1-1, and look at the very first name for God in the Hebrew Scriptures, also known as the Old Testament. I invite you to get your Bible and turn to the first chapter in Genesis, where we'll look at several verses there. Well, before I got married to my husband, Walt, we served as summer camp counselors at Camp Halawasa in Hamilton, New Jersey. We were leaders for a teenage program called Wheels Away. In the summer of 1981, we led 15 teenagers on bicycles from New Jersey to Florida, and there were three staff members. And believe me, we had our work cut out for us on this trip. We averaged about 110 miles each day, and we worked to keep teenage attitudes positive. We encouraged teamwork and unity within our group, and our final destination was Disney World. The celebration was grand. Well, during those four weeks of the bike trip, I watched Walt serve He would bring plates of food to the teenagers, to our campers. Um, He would have cool water and fresh fruit, sometimes watermelon, peaches that he had found at roadside rests along the way. He would help clean up at mealtime. He'd help campers fix flat tires or gears on their bikes or adjust brakes. Um, He was right there in the middle helping each of our campers. And I remember listening to him as he would sit and talk with them. He'd ask questions about high school and what their college plans were. He would lead Bible studies and engage often in lively and fun group discussions. I have to say these teenagers loved Walt. Well, we were hot, sweaty, tired, dealing with teenagers, looking for rest stops, water, food, and figuring out how far we needed to ride before lunch break or before an afternoon rest. It was a long trip, but so rewarding. And when we returned to New Jersey, Walt asked me if I would consider dating him. In fact, he told me he wanted me to be his wife. And my reply was yes. Why? Because over those four weeks, though it had been grueling, I had observed and learned a lot about his character. I watched him serve people, and I knew that he cared and offered kindness to all those around him. Character traits are important. Character makes a difference, and character really matters. Over these next few coming weeks of Lent, um, we are going to look at some different names of God. And as we do that, we'll be highlighting different aspects of God's character and his attributes. And as we look today, we're going to read in Genesis 1-1, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is the most common name for God 
translated from the Hebrew text here. It is the word Elohim, the name Elohim. It is used 2,750 times in the Old Testament. And you know, we often quickly read over that three-letter English name, G-O-D, God. We do not attach any additional descriptors to his name. But Elohim is the name God first uses in Genesis 1-1 to introduce himself. And we certainly should take a closer look at this name of God. God's name here means strength and might. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. This is a strong God. He is a mighty God. And verse 2 tells us the earth was formless and void and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. In these first two verses, God wants us to know he is separate from his creation. God is eternal, and creation happened because of God's work, his spoken word. Creation had a point of beginning, a time when it all began. God has no beginning and no end. He is from everlasting to everlasting. As we continue on in verses 3, 4, and 5, we see that God is personally involved and engaged with his creation. First, we read, God said, let there be light. God speaks to his creation. When he speaks, there is obedience. The light came. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And then God saw. He saw the light was good. You know, God sees you and God sees me. This is an example that God is personal and he is engaged with his creation. Next, we see that God separated the light from the darkness. God separates. In other words, he divides rightly with a purpose. The light needed to be separated from the darkness because the next step is God called. He called the light day and the darkness he called night. He had a design. He had a plan. He called and he chooses. And so we see his personal involvement here. He is engaged with creation and we can know that he cares for us. God said, God saw God separated, God called. What a blessing. Our hearts should be encouraged to know that we have a God who is personally involved. Well, we're not going to have time in today's podcast to work through all of the days of creation, but I just want to give a summary of the six days, the work of creation. Just take um, some moments and reflect on what was created during each day. The first day, light was created. And then on the second day, God created the sky. On that third day, we see dry land appears and the seas, the plants and the trees were created. And on that fourth day, God hung the sun in its perfect orbit, and then he placed the moon and stars right where he wanted them. On the fifth day, 
God spoke and creatures that live in the sea and creatures that fly were created. And then on that sixth day, angels that the animals that live on the land and finally the man and the woman made in the image of God were created. And so we see from chapter one in Genesis, these character traits of Elohim. God is strong. God is mighty. God is eternal. Our God is personal and he is involved with his creation. As we step into Genesis 2, we see yet another facet of God's character. In verses 1 and 2, it reads, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed and all their hosts. By the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. I appreciate this quote from Tony Evans book, The Power of God's Names. Dr. Evans writes, then he rested, which is interesting because he didn't seem to work too hard to make his creation. After all, he had just spoken it into existence. He probably didn't even get his hands dirty. Then we read that God rested. We shouldn't think he got tired and quit. He had completed what he set out to do. That's when he decided to sanctify the seventh day to set it apart as unique and special. He declared his day of rest to be unlike all of the other days. He didn't sanctify the work days. He sanctified the rest day. End of quote. So we see that by day seven, God finished his work of creation and he rested. He has made the seventh day a special holy day. He blessed it and sanctified it. The best example I have of this seventh day rest is when we're in Israel. And as we are traveling with our tour groups Um, Sabbath begins at sunset on Friday and continues until sunset on Saturday for the Jewish people and shops close early. So anytime between three and four, shopkeepers will start closing up their shops. You see people on the streets, they're heading home for their um, Shabbat meal with their family. And we have to plan our travel schedule very carefully on Friday afternoons in order to visit our final site before sites begin to close. And then we have to also plan Saturday very carefully because um, any Jewish religious sites are closed on Saturday as they are observing Shabbat. So this time in Israel, and especially those times when we happen to be in the city of Jerusalem, are good reminders to us that we should practice a day of rest and that we get to observe it. And I've had to ask myself this very difficult question, where's my day of rest? And I am so guilty of not practicing that. And So as we continue to consider God's plan in creation, that day seven of his creation, we want to remember that he set this day aside to be special, to be holy, 
to be a day that we should observe. And so now as we pull together our thoughts today of who God is in Genesis 1 and the beginning of Genesis 2, I want us to recognize an important element of Bible study, and that is that we identify God's character as it were, the attributes of God. And so I'm going to share some with you, and I encourage you to look at this scripture, these verses, and consider who God is. He is strong and mighty. He is everlasting, eternally existent. He is a personal God. He speaks, he sees, and he moves. God is spirit. He is powerful. He has all authority. God is creative. And I just want to add here, I encourage you to take a walk in the next day or two and purposely look for and count the creative, unique plants and animals you see. Look for the beauty in his creation. You know, our God is loving and caring. He is a sovereign God with a plan and a purpose for all of his creation. He is the almighty creator. God rested and he gave us the example of rest. He's the giver of blessings. He is organized and he completed the work he set out to do in the six days of creation. An important part of learning things from God's word is taking them from our head to our heart. And I call that our head to heart application. And I ask myself this question, what will be different in my life as a result of this week's study of God's word? What will change and what will be different? So I've written down a few that I'll share with you. What are some important aspects of my belief of the God of creation, Elohim? Do I truly believe he's the mighty one? Or do I merely try to live life in my own power and strength? God revealed himself as the strong creator God. Do I trust him? Another thought that I had was when I observe the beauty of God's creation, how can I practice worship? How can I worship God when I see a sunset, a sunrise, when I see a particular animal that's unusual, when I see a beautiful tree or flowers? How can I practice worship? Another set of questions I ask myself, in what ways do you recognize your lack of trust that God's able to handle every issue of your life? Write out some specific areas where you're anxious, stressed, or worried, and then bring these to the Lord and commit each one to Elohim, trusting in his strength as the strong creator bring those issues to him, trusting that he will provide. Then with regard to God resting on the seventh day, I asked, how does this concept of rest apply to your life? God sanctified it, set it apart, and it was unique. 
Is there something unique about your seventh day of the week? What changes could you apply this week? And I thought about just something really simple, and that's my cell phone. How can I make rest a priority in my life? What blessings could God bring into my life if I practice a day of rest? In conclusion, the work God begins, he will finish. We see that example in Genesis 1 and 2. He completed his work. And in Philippians 1, 6, Paul says, I am confident he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. He is doing his good work in each of our lives. Friends, whatever situation or challenge you might be dealing with today, let's remember the first name of God in the scripture, Elohim, the strong and mighty one. God is eternal. Our God is personal. He is involved with his creation. God sanctified a day of rest. Next week, We're going to learn more about God's name, Jehovah, the relational God. I look forward to sharing this time with you once again, and I send my blessings to you. And this week, I pray you will hold on to the strong creator, Elohim. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.